Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Meryl Loeschner, Marketing and Communications Consultant and Podcast Producer for Smith Douglas Associates. My mom has a friend who goes on a couple of cruises every year, and seriously, I could never really see the appeal. I mean, isn't it like getting stuck in a hotel for a week? So I reached out through the Long Island Professional Network to Nancy Bauman of Dream Travel by Nancy to ask her why so many people love cruising. And she definitely opened my eyes about what's out there now and what I may be missing. Thanks for joining us today. I've got to be honest, I have never been on a cruise in my life. Why should I go on a cruise? I I know there's a lot more options than there used to be, but I'm still not sure. What's the pull of a cruise? Why do people go on cruises? There are so many options out there today. There's river cruises, which are very port intensive. The big ships can't get into the same ports as those river cruises can. Those are very exciting. They even have river cruises that cater to millennials that will really be geared towards the activities they might want to do. A lot of people are geared towards the family vacations where they have big ships that have so many things going on that nobody can be bored. They have things like laser tag, bumper cars, mini golf, rock climbing walls, race cars on the top decks of a cruise ship. There's simulated skydiving and there's a ship coming out that's going to have a roller coaster on it. There's so much going on. They have entertainment that's like Broadway style entertainment, shows like Cats and Mamma Mia being shown on a lot of these ships. Comedy clubs are on the ships. There's so much to do. And if you want, you can just relax on a cruise. You can go to the ports, you can get off the ship, or you can stay on the ship. Depending on where you're going, there's European cruises where you can stop at cities that you never dreamed you would be able to go to and see things like the Colosseum in Rome. You can sail in Asia. You can sail in Australia. There's so many different ports, and a lot of people in the winter just want to escape and just go to the warm weather in the Caribbean. And those ships are sailing all year long, all different sizes, and there's something for everybody. It's not so much a floating hotel, more of a floating resort. Oh, absolutely. There's so much to do. There's the all-inclusive aspect. You get three meals a day. Depending on the cruise line that you choose, your drinks may or may not be included, but you you know it's easy to have them included. You get Wi-Fi. You can have so many options available that you're, you are in a resort. You have gym facilities. You can have a track around the ship. Sometimes it's indoors, sometimes it's outdoors. There's just so much going on. You just can't believe it. It's a great resort. I see a lot of cruise lines are now offering theme cruises, uh, the genealogy cruise, where they'll take you to Ireland and have a series of genealogists doing lectures on Irish ancestry, and they'll have a a cooking cruise where they'll have a bunch of professional chefs doing hands-on lessons on how to cook certain meals. Is that starting to take off more that you see? 
those are definitely becoming more and more interesting to people. They, I just noticed that there's a Golden Girls cruise that's going to be happening. There's a Bluegrass Music cruise. There's a Bon Jovi cruise where he's going to be on the cruise and people can meet him and listen to his music, of course, which will be a lot of fun. But there's all different themes going on. And, and if that's not your thing, then there's just the conventional, let's go have a great time kind of cruise. What's the difference in the size of the ships? I know they have the smaller river cruises and the larger mega ships. What's roughly the difference in number of people who can fit on these boats? A river cruise can be approximately 160 passengers and a mega ship can be upwards of 6,000 passengers. I've been on both. I've had happy clients on both. You know, obviously the ship is bigger to handle the 6,000 passengers. There's a lot more staff on those ships, but it's a different kind of atmosphere, a little more intimate on a river cruise where every night in the dining room, you sit next to different people and get to know different people from different cultures, different countries, different states. It's very interesting. And if you like this people, you can sit with them again the next night. And if you don't, you can always move on. So if someone like me comes to you and says, you know, I'm thinking about taking my first cruise, what are some of the questions you'll ask me to find out what kind of cruise you think I'd like? I would ask you what time of year you would be sailing if you're going with another passenger or maybe a lot of other people, a lot of, there's a lot of family reunion type cruises. And then we have to look at your budget. What is it that you would like to see? Or would you like me to make suggestions? Are you going in the summer where you want to go on a European cruise? Are you going in the winter where you want to get out of the cold? Are you going because... uh, It depends on a lot of different things. and, And also, of course, on your budget. So there's a lot of different factors involved. And I'd like to find out more about you. What what type of hotels do you like to stay at when you go to a hotel? So I can get an idea if you're more of a three-star, four-star, or five-star kind of passenger. And that will help me decide not only which ship to promote, but also what type of cabin you might want on the ship. If I say, okay, I'm thinking about going in... October to Ireland. Is this something that you can also book trips once I'm there? Yes, that would be the excursions. And there's a lot of different excursions available. We can book them through the cruise line, or I have a lot of other companies that I use that are very reliable and that I help my clients save some money from booking, not necessarily with the cruise line, but um, lots of different excursions available and is something that everybody will be happy with. So you can help me book not only the cruise, but any flights, any day trips, any external trips I want to go on. If I take a cruise, like I said, to Ireland, and then I want to spend a week exploring Ireland, you can help me put together an entire package, including everything, including the flight home. Right. That's Pre and post cruise excursions, I would help you with all the hotels, transportation. Some people like private tours, some people like group tours. I would help you with that. I have a lot of people that go to Alaska, and a lot of people like to go to places like Denali National Park either before or after their cruise, depending on whether their cruise is going south or north. And I always help them with their airfare and their excursions so that everybody is happy and fascinated. What does the cruise line usually offer and what can you offer in addition? The excursions are usually based around the port that we're going to. If it's Caribbean port, it might be doing something on a beach. It could be 
uh, jet skis, it could be snorkeling or scuba diving. If it's a European port or a more exotic port in Asia or Australia, it might be something where you really are getting getting off the ship very early in the morning and you will be out till late in the evening depending on what time the ship is going to be sailing. And you could be seeing things in Greece, you could be seeing the Acropolis and Olympic Stadium and you might even, I'm sure a lot of times you can, a lot of times you'll be tasting some of the foods that are local. There's really a lot of things to do. In Alaska, you can see what go whale watching. You can um, you can do that also in Cabo San Lucas. You can see eagles looking for eagles and totem poles in Alaska. There's just such a variety, always depending on the destination that you are headed. What if you're late coming back from the excursion? Will they hold the boat for you? Don't do that. <laughs> That's really not a good idea. I can't speak for every cruise line, but they do not necessarily hold the ship for you. That's why I always suggest you either book your excursions through the cruise line or one of my recommended excursion companies that guarantee that they will get you back to the ship or they will pay for you to go to the next port, but they don't really want to do that and and they don't want the reputation of having to do that. They are very reliable. So if someone went out on their own and missed the ship and you get a call at three in the morning going, the ship left without me, what do I do? Could you help them? I could help them. I would be very disappointed in them, but I would absolutely help them. I will help any of my clients. So you put package deals together, so I'm assuming that there's a cost savings having you do it as opposed to me sitting on the computer going, oh, let me book this one thing, let me book this one thing, let me book this one thing. You could put together an entire package. Well, one of my favorite things about being a travel agent is I have access to group pricing. The first thing I do when somebody says they want to go on a cruise and I start getting pricing for them is to look and see if I have any group pricing available. I have helped a lot of people save a lot of money. Um, Recently at a honeymoon couple going to Europe, they had a particular budget. I I found them a better cruise for less money, and if they booked it themselves, they would have spent well over $1,000 more than booking it through me. So even though people think they can easily go online and book something, they need to take into consideration that they might be missing out on my pricing, my advice, and, and my expertise that they're getting. I found the use of travel agents in a previous job where many of our employees were doing a lot of travel and if something bad happened they could call the travel agent and the travel agent will help fix whatever the problem was. Is that something you offer your clients? Absolutely. I always help my clients. I always look to see who's on vacation when and if my phone is ringing early in the morning and I recognize that I know that there's an issue and I am happy to help. I'm always there. I always make sure I can help fix a situation. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it's it's a quick fix, but I am always there. I am the support that any of my clients need. If I'm on a Caribbean cruise and a hurricane comes and we end up somewhere in a completely different country and I've already booked tours going here, but the boat's not going there anymore, you'll take care of all the follow-up and calls. and Absolutely. I would never have any of my clients get charged for something, for service or uh, or a product that they didn't receive. 100%. I'm behind you 100%. How far in advance should I book a cruise? 
You know, a lot of people ask me that question. Cruises are very, very popular right now. All the cruise lines are coming out with more ships and everyone keeps saying, how can they do it? But they keep filling up all of the ships. I highly recommend that my clients who are cruising during holidays in particular, book as far out as they possibly can. This way they can get the um, accommodations that they want. They can get better pricing. The cruise line usually has the best pricing the further out you book. As you get closer, I know a lot of people are in the mindset that they're going to get a better deal if they wait. But number one, they usually don't get a better deal. And number two, a lot of times these ships are sold out. So there's no availability. So you won't be taking the trip that you want. What should I bring on a cruise? I'm, I'm assuming it's depending on whether I'm going to Alaska or Puerto Vallarta. But besides clothes, what's the smart thing for a first-time cruiser to pack? Well, I would say it definitely depends on the type of cruise you're taking. If you're doing a European or an Alaska trip where you're going to be doing a lot of sightseeing, I always tell people to take comfortable shoes. Alaska can be very warm, believe it or not, in the summer, or it can be fairly cool and rainy. So I tell people to pack layers. A lot of the ships, but not all of the ships, have formal nights. So sometimes people want to bring some dressy clothes. They're much more relaxed than they used to be, but depending on the cruise line, I have to advise my clients whether or not there will be formal nights and advise them on how to dress. A lot of the cruise lines, even on a non-formal night, will not allow people to wear cut-off shorts into the dining room for dinner. So I need to make people aware of that. Another thing that I always tell people about is having a passport. Passports are very important to travel with. Although the cruise lines will allow you to go to the Caribbean without a passport, they give you the option of using a birth certificate. I always tell my clients that traveling with a birth certificate is a risk. If, if you need to leave a port for whatever emergency that might arise, if you're in another country, including a Caribbean island, you cannot get on a plane and leave without a passport. Additionally, I always advise my clients that passports must be valid for a minimum of six months after their return date. Not everybody knows that, and it's very important to know that because you could be denied boarding. Are there any times a year that there's better bargains for cruises than others? Um, if you go on an off week, you're usually getting, when I say off week, I mean a non-holiday um, or non-summer vacation time. There. The, the cruises are very busy and very popular, so they're not having as many deals as they used to. But sometimes they might not lower the price, but they'll throw promotions in, like onboard credit. Onboard credit, for people who don't know, is something like, I explain it like having money in the bank. When you get on the ship, you have a certain amount of money that you can use to spend on anything that you purchase on the ship. So they might offer that. They might offer a beverage package. They might offer a discount on excursions. They might offer a promotion on a drink package. There's all different promotions that they might offer to incentivize you. The cruise lines are now offering also some incentives for uh, lower deposits or free or reduced airfares. So that's something that's really gotten people going um, as far as going on a cruise. Do you recommend people get travel insurance? I highly recommend people get travel insurance. It's one of those things that people don't really want to think about, but things do happen. People sometimes need to cancel a cruise in advance 
or sometimes they need to see a doctor while they're away. Sometimes it's lost luggage, it's a flight connection. There are all different things that can come up and it's always good to be safe rather than sorry. Of course, we don't plan to have a problem, but unfortunately these things do happen and it's always best to have protection. What are about the different lengths of cruises? I know there's some three-day cruises and my mom has a friend who's just about to embark on a 28-day cruise. So if people come to you saying, I'm thinking about taking a first cruise, is that one of the questions you ask is how long do you want to be on the water? I absolutely do ask that question. And there are three night and four night cruises and there are even around the world cruises well over a hundred days with unbelievably exotic stops. But everybody has, you know, that's something that I ask all the time because it's very important to know how long somebody wants to be away so that we get them the right so that I point them in the right direction for their cruise vacation. What is the average length of a cruise? Personally, I notice that most people go on a one-week vacation to the Caribbean, but the European cruises, people are looking for a little bit longer. They like the 10-night, 11-night, 12-night itineraries, I think because they feel like they're investing a little bit more money in their airfare and they feel like they may not go back for a while, so they would like to get the most out of their money. And if somebody can take that much time off of their daily life, I think they really enjoy doing that. What kind of accommodations can I expect? Again, never been being on a, on a cruise ship. What are the rooms like? So that's a very interesting question. Cruise cabins are generally very, very small. There's all different categories. There's the interior category, which has no windows to the outside world. And a lot of people, it saves people a lot of money and a lot of people are perfectly fine with that. And then there's people who say, I can't do that. There's the next category up from that would be an ocean view with either a round window or a picture window. And I have been asked if people will see the fish from those windows, but unfortunately they are above the water. Only if something has gone horribly wrong when you <laughs> see fish from the window. Exactly, exactly. And then you move up to balcony cabins where you have a balcony and you can go out on the balcony at your leisure. There are a lot of cruise lines have also got, gotten to offer single cruisers a very small cabin so that they can not pay a single supplement. And then we can also go to the suites that are can be multi-level. They can have dining rooms and pianos and multiple bedrooms and bathrooms. And I've even seen ones that have fitness equipment inside the cabin with wraparound decks, with jacuzzis on the decks. They're magnificent, and those are for very special clients, and everybody wants those cabins, and not everybody can afford them, but the people who can really, really enjoy them. Being your typical connected person, can I bring all my, my phone and my tablet and my computer online? How, how expensive or even do they have internet access? All the cruise lines have Wi-Fi access. Um, depending on which cruise line you go on, you may have to pay an upcharge for the internet access, but you can bring all of your devices and happily use them. When I bring my phone to different countries, I usually have to add a different SIM card. How does a phone work in the open ocean? 
The phones actually do work, not every single minute of every single day, but the phones do work and you do not need a new SIM card. You might want to talk to your carrier about a, a plan for when you're on land in another country because they can advise you best uh, on what works best in each country. How much cash should I bring? Do I need to tip a lot on the cruise? Actually, the cruises have standard tip uh, gratuity policies. You can prepay your tips or they add it on to your bill every single day, a daily fee. You can always go above and beyond if you feel that somebody's doing an exceptional job, which I have seen many people doing exceptional jobs and I'm happy to go above and beyond, but it is absolutely not necessary. Some cruise lines will include gratuities. Occasionally that's a promotion that's included when a cruise line is offering different kinds of promotions. So that's something that could be included, but generally it's not and it's an upcharge. What about changing cash going into different countries? Is, does the ship actually have a, a place where I can change currency? No, they don't. But usually when you get off the ship, I know in Cuba, when people arrive in Cuba, there is a kiosk right off the ship where you can change cash for Cuban money. And that's not a, not a problem at all. I usually try to have my clients change money in advance of their cruise if they're going to need a different currency. What about taxes and fees? Is everything inclusive in the price or is there additional? That's interesting that you ask because if somebody were to go online and look for a cruise price, the initial cruise price that you see does not include the taxes and the port charges. So I've had people call me up and say, your price is more money. And I say to them, did you go all the way through in your online checking? And they'll say no. I say, well, when you go all the way through, if I was not able to get somebody group pricing, my price will be exactly to the penny the same price as the cruise line's pricing. If you book through the cruise line, you're not getting my services, but you are paying for my services because I'm not getting a fee. The cruise line pays my commission and it's already built into the price whether you book it with me or if you book it with the cruise line. If I book it through the cruise line instead of you, I'm not only not saving any money, I don't have a parachute in case something goes wrong. Correct. What should I do if I want to travel with a large group of friends, family, an organization? Can you help with multiple bookings if I want to bring in either anywhere between 5 to 50 people with me on a cruise? Absolutely. My largest group I booked, I think, was about 49 people. And I can help with keeping everyone together dining-wise so that you can't get a table for that big a group, but we can keep you in the same area so that you can be near each other. I can handle all those reservations. I can try to keep you early. Again, if you book earlier, I can help to keep your cabins closer together if everybody is trying to get the same type of cabin. Usually in a large group, everyone has different budgets, so it doesn't always work but that's okay because you're really not congregating 50 people in one cabin anyway. You'll have other meeting points, but I can absolutely help with a large group. What if I want to have a corporate excursion and say we want to do 50 people, is there a way to rent out meeting space on a ship, like if we were having a conference at a hotel? Yes, absolutely. I have done that for people I've arranged for a cocktail party on a ship. They all, all the ships usually have some kind of space where they can have a meeting and I can absolutely help with that. I'm assuming wedding cruises are becoming more popular these days. 
wedding cruises yes just that would be considered a destination wedding and absolutely those are very popular people are bringing their families on their honeymoons with them <laughs> what if i get seasick i usually advise people to talk to their doctors a lot of people like to take things like dramamine or bonine with them and there are some people who know in advance that they really are concerned about getting seasick so there's something called a patch which I believe is a prescription. I do see a lot of people who wear them on the ship. So that would be something you would consult your physician about. Well, you've been doing this for a while. What are some new things that you're seeing now that you hadn't seen when you first got into the industry? The activity level is just really going crazy on all the cruise ships. I've never seen a roller coaster and still haven't yet. Race cars, things like that. I think that they're really... They're really upping their games. There are cruises that um, you don't have to be on a, a particular themed cruise, but you can learn how to cook. You can learn, you can get a tour of the kitchen, which is actually fascinating on a cruise ship. You can have a chef's table type dinner. There are specialty restaurants on cruises. There are cruises with like park-like settings with live plants growing. There are cruises with, the entertainment is really very interesting. There's comedians, comedy clubs, there's Cirque du Soleil events, there's lunches, there's dinners. There's so much to do and see. It's really interesting. And one of the best things that cruises have done since I first started is they have stabilizers on all the <laughs> ships now, which wasn't available years ago. So I think the ships were rocking a lot more, but now they are definitely much more stable and um, really enjoyable. It's no longer the generation of the love boat anymore. It's not. It's not that anymore, but it's great. It's a great vacation. People really, really enjoy their vacations. A lot of people plan their next vacation while aboard a cruise ship. They plan their next cruise. Um, and the cruise lines usually incentivize people to do that. So it's in everybody's benefit to do that. Have you ever been on a river cruise? I have been on a river cruise. I cruised down the Danube. It was so exciting. It was very interesting going through all the locks where sometimes the, the ship was going down and sometimes the ship was going up. I thought I wouldn't enjoy it, but it was, it was wonderful. And the ports we went to were great. Places I never thought I'd go to, like Budapest, Austria, where else? We went to a lot of stops in Germany. We went to a little tiny town just for a few hours where they grow apricots and they have apricot everything. And uh, we saw palaces and churches and there were bike riding tours. And the tour ended, we went to Prague. There were optional excursions every day. They, the river cruise would take you on a half day tour that was included and the cruise that I was on had optional cruises for the rest of the day and you could choose. And there were days where I really wanted to choose more than one, but they're just 24 hours in a day. Very, very interesting. They have chefs come on board. They had local beer makers come on for beer tasting. They had local winemakers come on for wine tasting. Local entertainment. I went to an opera in Vienna. Very interesting, very different experience, and I highly recommend it. What's the longest cruise you ever booked? 
Um, probably two weeks would be the longest I've booked, but I'm open to booking an around-the-world cruise to mm-hmm. anybody who's interested. <laughs> they are really interesting. And you can also, just because it's an around-the-world cruise doesn't mean that you have to get on at the very beginning and get off at the very end. You can do pieces of it, and, um, and that's something that a lot of people are interested in also. Nowadays, most people think, oh, well, since the Internet, there are no travel agents anymore. You're still out there, but you're more of an advisor now. So you sit down with the clients and put together an entire package for them, as opposed to just booking, which honestly anyone could do online. But again, you want someone with the knowledge to actually put together the right package for you. And you want someone there in case something inevitably goes wrong, whether a flight is missed, weather happens, your luggage gets lost you have someone to call who will be there to help. That's absolutely true. I have people who call me up and they say, I want to go on this cruise on this week. I want this kind of cabin. And I saw it online for this, but I'd like you to book it. And that's exactly why. They want somebody to have their back when they're away. And then there are other people who don't know how to put it together. They they don't know how to search which is the right cabin for them. Which ship should they go on? Or they, they just need some hand-holding. There are people who just are afraid to do this themselves. But no matter what, I'm always there to help. As much as I love cruising, I can also help anybody with any other type of vacation. I can help you build a custom itinerary, or I can help you with tours anywhere in the world. And there's two things I'd like to say, and that is a vacation is the one purchase that you can make that will make you richer. And the internet is for looking, but travel agents are for booking. If someone wanted to reach out to you, how could they find you? They could either go to my website, which is dreamtravelbynancy.com, or they could call me at 516-581-5726. And what's your email address? My email is nancy at dream, T as in Tom, B as in Brian, N as in nancy.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.